Well, it is Tuesday. It's the first Tuesday of 2024. Good to be back with you, Mona. Happy New Year, Charlie. Great to see you. What what makes you think this can be a happy new year? What do you base the fact that (laughs) the 2024 will be a happy year? So it Show is me a, your work. It is January 2nd. <laughs> Obviously, wishing <laughs> someone a happy new year is not saying yeah. there's no guarantee. Your results, your mileage may vary. But I'll tell you, in all honesty, I woke up yesterday morning, January 1st, 2024, and I said, all right, this is it. It's 2024. Game on. This is everything. Every four years, people say this is the most important election of our lifetime, etc. But our society has become fragile enough, obviously, that now it really is for all the marbles. We will not be the same country. We will not be a liberal democracy, a constitutional republic, if Trump is reelected this year. And so I feel partly because I've had a vacation, which is a great concept that I don't indulge in often enough. But it's not just because I've had a vacation. It's because there are enough people in this country who will gird their loins, who will crawl over broken glass, who will do whatever it takes to save us from this horrible possibility. And I am ready. I'm strapping on my armor. I'm ready to march into battle and do this. Well, I I kind of knew you you felt this way because I read Ben Wittes' newsletter this morning. Have you seen his newsletter? Yes, he sent it to me. You know, one of the things, Mona, that when I became Never Trump, and I'm sure you experienced this as well, we were told, you know, particularly by the anti-anti-Trumpers that we, the only reason we were anti, that we were Never Trump is because we get invited to all the cool parties and everything. (laughs) Okay, so apparently you had a party, a New Year's get together at the home of the estimable Mona Chern with Ben Wood. I didn't even get invited. See, I don't even get invited to these parties anymore. But apparently it was a very cool party, Mona, <laughs> even though I wasn't invited. No, the only reason you weren't invited, Charlie, is because you're a never Trumper. Yeah. You see? And that's why I, I don't invite never Trumpers to my party. So anyway, there was apparently a kitchen conversation. I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about your kitchen conversation. Because <laughs> I, I, want, I want our listeners to imagine. You know, sort of the great, you know, minds. Mona Chern, Ben Wittes, in the kitchen on New Year's Eve at one of these really elite Washington parties. (laughs) Because Mona and I agreed in her kitchen with a combination of anxiety, dread, and in my case, at least, eagerly spoiling for the fight. You two, obviously. But 2024 really is the whole ballgame if you care about democracy or constitutional republics. We'll get to that in a minute. Consider, by this time next year, we will have either elected as president a man who promises any number of things that simply cannot be reconciled with democratic government, or we will have dealt a dramatic blow to the anti-democratic movement in America. We might have a president-elect who will use his office to scuttle what remains of the multiple criminal indictments against him, or we might by then have a convicted felon whose ambitions to use the presidency to corrupt the judicial system have been repudiated by the electorate, or we might have a not-yet-convicted political has-been who will now face trial without the possibility of self-pardon. We might have an incoming president who promises a war against the federal bureaucracy and the career civil service, or we might have a presidency which will treat the career bureaucracy with respect with which the political system has come to regard it over the last century and a half. And there's more. We might have an incoming president who means to destroy America's overseas alliances, abandon Ukraine, and whose very election would trigger a crisis in the NATO alliance, the likes of which the post-war era has never seen. Or 
We might be on a glide path to the continuation of the current administration's strong support for Ukraine and its efforts to revitalize NATO and other partnerships. And so, wow, I mean, it's all there on the bubble, Mona. And you and Ben hashing that out, you know, over the, I'm, I'm sure, sumptuous hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> we were. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> So it was a New Year's Day party, not New Year's Eve. I, I can't stay up that late. I can't stay up to, you know, past midnight. I'm too old. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't do New Year's Eve. I mean, I do it, but, you know, we're done by 10. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no interest in staying up till midnight. It just wasn't a thing, you know? No, no, no yeah. longer. Absolutely. Actually, I think the last time I did actually stay up till midnight mm-hmm. was the turn of the millennium when I figured, all right, this this is big enough that, you know, I'll stay up. But uh, now well, you were never... waiting for Y two K too, so yeah. right that was yeah, very exciting. Exactly, yeah. that was exciting. So it was New Year's Day party, and uh, it was wonderful. And we missed you. And if you didn't live in freezing cold Wisconsin, or if you want to make a special trip next year, uh, we'd love to have you. And there are so many possible outcomes that we haven't even you can't even list. There could be a close election. God forbid in which the Trump forces do not accept the outcome. And we could have quite extensive civil unrest and violence in this country. There are any number of outcomes that are quite possible. But undergirding it all, it seems to me, is the fact that the information environment in which we live is so different. And Part of what we have to think about in the coming months is how to penetrate that bubble. There are so many good people who love this country and who just don't know like what's at stake. They think back on Trump and they think, yeah, he tweeted and he was obnoxious and he's rude, but gee, you know, the price of my groceries was way lower, and uh, and they think other countries, bad actors around the world, were afraid of Trump and his erratic nature, and therefore that was good. They believe a whole series of things, and they have forgotten a whole series of things. And it is our job to clarify the stakes and try to penetrate those, you know, hermetically sealed information barriers. Okay, so you got me there. How? How do we do that? (laughs) We have been trying to unlock that particular puzzle for the last seven or eight years. And if anything, it feels like it's getting absolutely worse. I really don't know what the answer is, except that we need to keep having people from that side speak out. We need to keep hearing the voices, even the ones that... Yeah, you know, some of the listeners may think of as, as deplorable. We need to hear more from Mike Pence. We need to hear more from Liz Cheney and Dick Cheney. We need to hear more from Bill Barr. We need to hear more from exactly. Cassidy Hutchinson, you know, and Sarah Matthews and all of the folks from that world, because simply NPR listeners, I'm not trying to diss anybody, but NPR listeners talking to one another is not going to break that that barrier. Well, precisely. And as usual, you've anticipated what I was going okay, I'm to sorry. say. Okay. No, no, no. We think alike. So yeah, exactly. I mean, it has to be those voices. It has to be the Stephen Richards from Arizona. Yes. It has to be Maricopa, Maricopa County. County. I, mm-hmm. The reason I'm thinking of him Brad is I was just in Arizona on vacation. Great state. Didn't see any Trump. Well, I saw one Trump bumper sticker. And by the way, we should talk later about the lack of enthusiasm for Joe Biden. Try to counteract that a little bit, but if we can. Good luck. I know, I know. 
but I'm enthusiastic about Biden because there's so much riding on on this. Not with you on that. But yes, so we have to hear from those Republican voices, and there has to be a huge investment in running ads on Newsmax, on OAN, on Fox to reach those viewers. I mean, it cannot be, and I'm no expert at how campaigns are run these days. I mean, I'm a dinosaur. You know, I still think that TV commercials matter. Maybe it all has to be done on social media. Maybe it all has to be targeted. I don't know. But I do know that there's enough money out there in the hands of people who may not like Republicans very much, or may some of them may even be Republicans, but to invest in reaching those borderline voters. And I'm not talking about trying to preach to MAGA, obviously, can't, can't convince those people. But uh, once again, you know, when you look at the data on the number of, this is another thing we cannot know beforehand. It's frustrating because so, again, the stakes are, could not be higher. But we don't know how Republican voters or independent voters are going to react to a criminal conviction. Just don't know. I mean, there are a number of Republican voters who've been polled who say they would not vote for a convicted felon. Is that right? Is it too low? Is it too high? Is it anywhere close to accurate? If those polls are anywhere close to accurate, a convicted Donald Trump won't win. These things are all unknowns. They're completely unknown. I can't speak to whether or not the ads are going to make make a difference. I've grown increasingly skeptical about that. But that's not to say I have better ideas. I do think, I don't know how deep I want to get into all of this. I mean, I agree and disagree with you about the enthusiasm problem. And I state it differently. I'm not enthusiastically for Joe Biden. And I think we ought to like, with very clear eyes, understand why that's an issue. But I am very enthusiastic over stopping Donald Trump. I mean, you know, and I keep saying that 2024 is not about Joe Biden is about stopping Donald Trump. And, you know, of course, I am prepared to crawl over glass and walk through fire to do anything with with Donald Trump. The lack of enthusiasm for Biden is something that I know that there's tremendous pushback on among, you know, members of our tribe because he's like the only guy. But I do worry about it. And I do worry that we are sleepwalking into anytime you, you have a political environment where you're basically told, you know, don't say this, don't say that, let's not talk about this, then you're basically willfully saying, let's blindfold ourselves or put blinders on to the risks out here. And one of the ways to break through this, this barrier, and I feel like we've had this conversation before, is we need to be where the voters are and, you know, tell them that, that they need to embrace the liberal democratic agenda and that you must become Democrats and you must, you know, believe all, you know, embrace all of those programs is pretty much to guarantee that they're not going to listen to you anymore. To listen to the rest of this episode of Just Between Us, become a Bulwark Plus member today 